Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 236. Authenticity is more than just posting the unedited and unfiltered photos on our feed. Today's guest is a self-proclaimed authenticity advocate who believes in sharing her truth. Even the talking about the tough stuff out loud can help other women feel like they're not alone. Sarah Heron was the first contestant on ABC's The Bachelor with a physical disability, and although it didn't end in her winning the final rose, she turned the sometimes tumultuous Bachelor experience into a new positive life purpose empowering other women with her authenticity and introducing people to the transformative nature of adventure through her nonprofit, She Lift. Sarah was born with amniotic band syndrome, but it hasn't stopped her from climbing mountains, skiing double black diamonds, and even searching for love on TV. It was the outreach of young women who watched and related to Sarah on the show that inspired her to start the nonprofit She Lift. Sarah's beliefs in her strong message in finding love and in loving yourself has resonated with the masses. Get ready for Sarah Heron because this girl gets real and raw about her time on the show and how it was a catalyst for starting her nonprofit. Sarah is the example for finding positivity and purpose in challenging times. And I'm so excited to talk with my friend today. Before we dive on in, today's review is from Badger Fan, and it's titled, She Could Power NASA. It's a five-star review, and it says, whenever I feel dry or needing ideas, I listen to Jenna. Whoosh, up goes my idea generation and energy level. Lots of great stuff here. Thank you so much, Badger Fan, for this review. And guys, if you have a second and you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any of the awesome episodes that are coming up. And if you have an extra minute, could you leave a review? I know, I know. You always tell yourself you'll do it next time, but I'm reminding you there is no better time than now. Speaking of now, I think it is time that we dive on into Sarah's interview for today. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts. Listen in on honest conversations 
and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Special thanks to Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in a couple's lives even happier. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry, go to zola.com slash gold digger. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. Find the right people for your business this year at linkedin.com slash gold digger and get $50 off your first job posting. That's linkedin.com slash gold digger to get $50 off your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash gold digger. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to Postmates for supporting Gold Digger. You're hungry, but you're wrapped up in a work project. Get the food you want delivered with Postmates. For a limited time, Postmates is giving you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code Gold Digger. Okay, you guys, I am so excited because Sarah has been a friend of mine. I was actually on her podcast, which was so, so amazing. But now it's time to flip the script. So welcome to the Gold Digger podcast, Sarah. Thanks, Jenna. Oh my gosh, this is such an honor. I'm so stoked to be here. Oh, this is going to be so fun. It's like also kind of our chance to catch up. So I'm going to be selfishly using this time for a little bit of girl chat. So first things first, for people that don't know your story, your journey, kind of take a few minutes and walk us through like who Sarah is, the twists and turns that I've watched you go through and what you're doing today. Yeah, sure. I guess, you know, it all kind of started like six years ago. I was a 20 something creative professional working in advertising and I just had really low self esteem. And, um, you know, being 25 years old and struggling to date in Los Angeles, especially because I was born with only my right arm, I was born without my left arm, I was just really struggling to put myself out there. And a friend nominated me for The Bachelor. And basically, I it was an offer I couldn't refuse. And so I went on season 17 of The Bachelor with Sean Lowe and uh, made it about halfway through because um, I ended up getting sent home, I think, just because I was still really struggling with my self-acceptance and confidence. And when I came home, I realized that the reason I wasn't able to find love or be fully in it was because I needed to focus on finding love and acceptance within myself first. And so I came home and I started reflecting and spending time outside. I'm a Colorado native, so I love hiking and just exploring. And the more and more I did this and I I got involved in the outdoor community, I noticed that my confidence and self-esteem was directly improving because of my accomplishments. And uh, one day I was skiing with my dad in Colorado and I, I had this aha moment that, you know, if I can feel so much accomplishment and self-acceptance through skiing and being outside, then surely other women could benefit from experiences like that as well. And so meanwhile, you know, after I'm appearing on all the Bachelor shows, like um, I'm getting all these messages from women all across the world with physical differences. And they're asking for ways to improve their confidence and find like-minded community. And 
as I said, that's when it just kind of occurred to me, like, well, let's take these women that are looking for adventure and confidence building, and let's take them on these awesome retreats that bring them together. And I, I formed a nonprofit called SheLift. And that's what I've been doing for the last two and a half years is just helping women cultivate confidence through recreation. And that's it in a nutshell. I feel like, that oh, was- you are so much more than just that. But oh, my gosh, like I love how you kind of took what was going on in your life and what you were learning on your own journey. I hate the word journey, by the way, for all bachelor people. Um, but like you turned it and you were like, wow, if this is helping me, like it could help other people. One thing that I love to talk about, and we've obviously interviewed other people that have been on this show before, but it's always interesting for me to hear a little bit of behind the scenes. So when you look back on this show, like, did you watch it back? Like, do you feel like you were portrayed in the way that you are or was it different? Yeah, I get asked that all the time. And I really do feel lucky because I know it's kind of a mixed bag. Like some people get a really authentic portrayal. And then some people, you know, like Olivia Caridi just get totally made up in the drawing room. And fortunately for me, I had a very, very authentic representation of my experience. And I think everything was portrayed very realistically, very fairly. The only thing that kind of stuck out in my mind was I just felt a little bit at times like I was being played as, you know, the girl with a disability. And I was constantly being put on dates that like challenged my physical ability. I think because one, they wanted to see if I would crack, you know, if that would really break me and and take me to an emotional place, which usually it did. But at the same time, I was very close with the producers. And I think they truly just wanted to see me also succeed. And they believed in me. So, you know, it's I had a great experience. I feel very good about the way that I was portrayed. That's awesome. I remember watching you on the show and just thinking, what a badass girl. Like, I just fell in love with you in so many ways. And I can totally see how, like, you would grow in such a short amount of time. Did you ever get used to having cameras in your face? Because I feel like that would be the weirdest thing in the world. I know. You would think that, but you get used to it immediately because they're not like, in your face. They're kind of just like off to the side of the room and you're aware. I mean, some people are not aware. (laughs) If you're self-aware enough, you know that like, Hey, there's seven cameras standing over there. I'm not going to (laughs) like something that might totally jeopardize my integrity. It's so funny. Drew and I, after we had that post that went viral, there was like people reaching out for a TV show for us. And we were just dying laughing because we're like, if only you knew how boring we were, like we couldn't even pretend to be interesting (laughs) enough for a TV show. (laughs) I know. I know. Gosh, that would have been a great show though. You might want to reconsider that. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about She Lift because you get off the show. What's it like now? suddenly you have this platform and you have kind of a louder voice and the ability to speak into people's lives that you maybe didn't have before being on the show. What was that transition like from coming off of this show and entering into real life, but now having more of an influence? Uh, The truth is immediately I didn't know how to take care of it. I felt like I had been given this responsibility that I wasn't ready to own. 
after all, I wasn't at a place of fully self-accepting who I was. I wasn't even still really ready to accept the fact that I was different. And so when I had this influx of women seeking mentorship and community, in many ways, I was like, hey, I'm not, I'm not a, a role model. Like I didn't sign up to be this public figure for girls with disabilities. Like I'm not perfect. I still, you know, I I have bad habits and I'm full of self-doubt and self-limiting beliefs. Like I am not the person to take this on. And I think the universe just kind of kept saying, yeah, you are. (laughs) Dang universe. Yeah, you're not going to escape it. So I think as I continued down that journey of self-acceptance, you know, the audience was always there and I just naturally figured out a way to use my voice to connect with them that felt genuine to me. And still to this day, I think it's that, you know, I always preach that I don't have the answers and I don't have it figured out and I definitely still mess up all the time. Okay, so one of the biggest themes And what you were just talking about that I think resonates with so many women out there is that we all feel underqualified or that like we're not the one that needs to step into these hard roles because it'd be so much easier if everyone else just took on that leadership and that mentorship and stepped into that. And I know that for me, it's been one of those things that I've really had to work through and just say, I am going to be messy and this isn't going to be perfect, but I can still be a leader. What did that look like for you from that transition of being like, hey, people are watching me now and they need help. And now I'm going to create something called She Lift to do this. Like, what did that look like? Oh, man, I think just I just felt like I had to do something even if it wasn't perfect. And I think the best gift I could give people was transparency that I didn't have it figured out and that I didn't have the answers, but that I could help in any way, shape, big or small. Like I wanted to be able to at least provide feedback and at least connect women with other people. You know, I saw myself as a little bit more of a liaison initially, and I still do. But I think this sense of women feeling like, well, I'm not qualified enough to do it yet is so limiting. You know, we always think if I take one more course, then I'll be ready to be a yoga instructor or then I'll be ready to launch my brand. And the truth is like, if we're always waiting for like one more validation to make us seem credible, we might not ever get there. And the best way to to get into it is just like dive in messy and, and let people know that you're figuring it out too, because that's the most honest thing you can do for anybody. Oh, totally. I feel like people will reach out to me almost like asking for permission to go after the thing they want to go after. And I'm like, you cannot get permission from anyone to be qualified to do anything. Like you have to go out and do it. Now, one of the things I love about you just as a friend and watching you go is just how you share your truth. And I feel like sometimes a word like speaking your truth or sharing your truth can sound a little wooey or like hashtag authentic. But what would you define as like really like standing in your truth? Like what does that look like? Well, it's interesting. I've, I'm working with a life coach right now, which I love. I love and I totally think everyone should work with a life coach at some point. And she put me through this fun exercise where I had to ask about eight people 
to answer some questions about me. You know, moments where I'm in my power, moments I lose my weakness, how you would describe me to someone that never met me. And a universal response that kept coming back was that I was just always unapologetically myself. And that, you know, I don't really let other people's perceptions stop me from saying what's on my mind or sharing something that might make somebody feel stronger or not so alone. And so for me, you know, I think there's a fine line between being overly vulnerable and and making Instagram posts that are basically just like asking for false approval and really saying something that's like, this is who I am. This is how I'm feeling. If you resonate with it, you know, I'm here with you. And, and that's all I really want to do is just connect people through my truth. I'm not really trying to ruffle feathers or, or, you know, say something that gets me into trouble or whatever. I'm just trying to be who I am. And if that, if that's just saying what's on my mind when it comes to mind. I love that. Did you have any weird like revelations during that exercise or things that you didn't expect? Because I bet that would be kind of a raw experience to ask people to really honestly answer questions about yourself. It is. The, I mean, the hardest one is hearing people talk about when you lose your power, you know, how they observe that in you. But fortunately, I'm pretty in tune with my behavior and my tendencies for better or worse. And so I knew what people were going to say. But it is such an incredible experience. And I think I encourage everyone to do it. It's always good to get some constructive feedback on yourself, whether it's creatively, professionally, romantically. It was a really, really powerful exercise. I loved it. That's so cool. Who did you ask those questions to? Like, who are the people that you picked to answer them? You're encouraged to ask someone close to you immediately. So, you know, I asked my boyfriend, Dylan, and then you're supposed to ask best friends, former colleagues that you feel close with. So I asked a lot of my old creative partners from my old advertising days at 72 and Sunny. I asked best friends and I asked mentors. So, so yeah, and it's just, it's crazy how they all actually have very similar feedback, you know? weird. Well, that's, that's good. That's like solid. I love that. And I think it's so interesting too, because we're very apt to ask for feedback on silly things, right? Like, does this picture look okay? Or like, does my brand color look cute? But like, when is the last time that we actually asked for feedback on like us and like how we're showing up in life and like what that looks like? I think that is so cool. Right. And I think sometimes we need to hear from observers of our life, you know, the positive ways that they see us, like it's Mm -hmm. good to hear the ways that friends would describe you to people. I think it makes you feel good. And so there's no shame in asking for that. Do you know what your love languages are? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I am definitely words of affirmation. Yes, yes. Same. Sometimes I'm like, uh, babe, can you like, uh, give me some good words? Today? 100%. Yeah. I'm like, tell me you love me again. One more time. Yeah. So how have you grown as a person? Like when you look at you on the TV show, now you obviously have a love of your life. You've launched this nonprofit. You're like leading other women. And and I feel like there was a theme of like that you weren't ready quite yet when you went through so much so publicly. Like, how have you grown as a person since then? Oh, that's a really good question. 
you know, I think I'm still growing. And particularly right now, I feel like I'm going through another big growth spurt. I think phase one of SheLift, you know, leaving my very cushy, comfortable, safe job in advertising was a huge catapult into growth of just like taking the leap and moving home and starting a job all over again at age 30 was a huge transformation period for me. And through that, I learned, you know, humility and saving money and asking for help and asking for favors, which I had never had to do before. I had to learn this year how to live with roommates for the first time in my life. And I think that sounds kind of crazy, but it's like I was an only child. I've never lived with anyone, and I've always made enough money to, like, support myself. And this year was the first year I was like, okay, I need roommates, and that's okay. And that's been a huge learning lesson. But I think now I'm going through a second phase of, all right, I feel like the creative brief of SheLift has been – tackled. And so now I'm like, what's phase two? What's the new brief that I can work on to continue this growth? Because I'm a learner. Like if I could be in school forever, I would. I'm constantly absorbing and constantly just trying to take in as much information and tools as possible. One thing I think is so cool, Sarah, is like you believed so much and believe so much in what you're doing that you're willing to sacrifice comfort in your own life to pursue it. And I feel like a lot of times in our lives, like we want to pursue impact and influence, but we're also not willing to kind of loosen our grip on the things that we've had control over in the past. Can you walk me through just a little bit of what that looks like? Because you did leave like a really great job to pursue something that you don't really have a background in. No one's really held your hand and walked you through it. Like what has that looked like? Yeah. Thank you uh, for acknowledging that. Cause it is, it's, it's so hard and it's scary and it, it takes balls. I mean, so many people talk about, you know, side projects and, and passion projects that they want to pursue. And taking that leap from the comforts you're used to is so terrifying. But I, I truly think it's it's how bad do you want it? I was in a place of, yes, things were easy and safe and cush, but really complacent. And I didn't have love. I didn't have adventure. I had never traveled. And those were things that were values to me. You know, finding love is like, is my beacon of light in life. And, and I knew I needed to radically change something in order to get what I've been working towards. And so if that means taking a pay cut for me, I was committed to, like I said, moving home, which kind of sucks when you're 30 and single. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so it's nice to have mom do your laundry again, but it's not nice having to like you know, try and date and then come home at two in the morning from a date and explain to your mom where you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just think though, it's honestly super admirable. And, and I feel like sometimes we paint this picture of like these adventurous lives and stuff, but there is so much sacrifice that goes on, especially when you're working towards something that you really care about. Like yeah. you, no one is going to push she lift the way that you are. No one's going to believe in it the way that you do. And I think that that conviction rises to the top so much more than comfort does. What did it look like when you were like, okay, I think I'm going to start this thing and I'm not quite sure what it's going to become. And I'm not, you know, like how, because I feel like there are so many people that are passionate about 
helping others or starting something or speaking into people's lives, but they like have no idea where to begin. Like, what did that look like? Because I can only imagine it was like something that you were Googling like 24 hours a day. Like, how do I do this? (laughs) What do I do? I actually did Google how to start a nonprofit. I I I had no idea. And, but I think for me being a creative person, I've always just innately, I've just started, you know, it's like when you're, when you're highly creative, you're like, well, I don't know what shape it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what materials are needed, but I just need to start throwing paint at the wall and we'll see what works. And I think that as we become adults, we get so fearful of throwing paint at the wall and worrying what people are going to think or what their criticisms are going to be. And I always think about, I think Renee Brown had once talked about when you're a kid, you create, I think it was actually Brene Brown and Liz Gilbert were talking about when you're a kid, you create and you color and you have no like fears of how people are going to judge it or perceive it. You just create unapologetically. And I think more people need to approach creativity and projects from a childlike wonder and just dive in and let it take shape the way that it does. And it might turn out to be a Jenna Kutcher empire and it might turn out to be, you know, a side project or a side hustle, but just starting is the hardest part. And I think if we can remove that fear barrier for ourselves, it'll bring so much more creative abundance into our lives. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. I feel like one of the things I'm most excited about being a parent is like looking at things mm-hmm. with like childlike wonder yeah. and like exploring things in that way again. Cause like you said, we become so rigid and we become so afraid and we become so critical of ourselves and of others. And I think that's incredible. Thanks to Postmates for supporting Gold Digger. Other than your absolute best friends, who could you ask to bring you red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m.? Postmates. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever you can think of delivery service all year round. No more trips to the store. Heck, you don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you what you want within the hour. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in in the known universe with more than 25,000 partner merchants. My podcast manager, Kylie, lives in New York City and is a huge Postmates fan. Kylie has breakfast, lunch, and dinner delivered to her door while she's working on this show, so she never has to change out of her leggings or slippers to get a bite to eat. For a limited time, Postmates is giving you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app today and use the code GOLDDIGGER. That's code GOLDDIGGER with $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Save the hassle, get the food you love fast at Postmates with the code GOLDDIGGER. My team is one of the best investments I've made to grow my business. Speaking from my own experience, I know that the people that you hire will help you grow your business. If you need to make a hire this year, where do you find that person? You can post on a job board and hope the right person will apply, but why leave it to chance when you can post your job where people go every day to make connections, to grow in their career, and to discover job opportunities? Post your job on LinkedIn. 
Most LinkedIn members aren't checking job boards regularly, but nine out of 10 LinkedIn members are open to and interested in new opportunities just like yours. With most of the U.S. workforce on LinkedIn, posting on LinkedIn is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people, people with the right skills and background for your role who are ready for something new. That's actually how I found my new podcast manager, and I can truly say it is the best way to find the person who's going to help you grow your business and why a new hire is made every eight seconds using LinkedIn. Find the right people for your business this year at linkedin.com slash gold digger and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash gold digger to get $50 off your first job post. linkedin.com slash gold digger. Terms and conditions apply. Our wedding day was just perfect. We had a folk band, we served pizza, and I honestly wouldn't change anything. But I might add something to make the planning process a whole lot easier. It's called Zola. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invites, and easy to use planning tools to conveniently manage everything online and in one place. Start with a free wedding website. It takes just a few minutes to set up and Zola makes it easy to personalize with your favorite design. You can add things like photos and stories about how you met, travel and accommodations in Info and even recommend things for your guests to do while they're in town for your wedding. Then you can start your registry on Zola. The Zola store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points, so there's something for every guest to give. You can register for gift cards to your favorite brands like Delta and Southwest, Home Depot, and more. And you can even create a fund for your honeymoon, a future house, or anything you want. Plus, you can get 20% off remaining gifts on your registry starting right after your big day. To start your free wedding website and to also get $50 off your registry, go to zola.com slash gold digger. That's spelled zola.com slash gold digger to start your free wedding website and to get $50 off of your registry at Zola. Let's talk about sharing your story and like the hard parts because I am going to guess, and I actually kind of know, that you probably get tons of DMs from people who are struggling with certain parts of their story or their body or their life, and they don't feel equipped to talk about it quite yet, or they're kind of hiding it. How would you encourage people to start kind of talking about some of those hard things, whether it's online or just with close friends or with their loved ones? What would that look like? Yeah. So I recently attended this event we have in Colorado called Lead with Love. And I took a course that was hosted by a Hollywood producer. He's this amazing speaker. His name's Paul Young. And he has the most amazing story. And about he had a seizure and experienced some short term memory loss. And from it, he now teaches courses on how to like write and own your story. And so I'm sitting in this room with probably 50 women who are like, I just don't think my story's of importance or like, I know I have a story, but who cares? And it was just so sad to hear that so many women like have something to say, but they think 
no one will appreciate it. Like if they put it out in the world, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And when I hear that, I just want to like shake people and be like, no, there's always somebody that needs to hear exactly what you're going through right now because they're probably going through it too and think that they're alone. And so I really encourage women, you know, if sharing on a public platform is not your style, that's totally fine. I encourage women to start writing about it. Even if it's just in your journal or if you have a personal blog and maybe even if you have one subscriber, it doesn't matter. Just get your your feelings and your thoughts onto paper and start, you know, like verbalizing what it is that you have on your chest and what that ma- piece of magic is that you could share with somebody that needs to hear it, even if it's only one person. Oh, I love that. And I think there's so much power to in just like owning our stories, even if they're never shared, but like actually taking the time to write them out. Because I feel like all of us, if we go back to imposter syndrome and feeling unqualified, we feel like our stories are unqualified. Like, what is our problem? (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I get so I listen, I listen to a lot of audio books, because I'm traveling and in the car and you know I listen to Gabby Bernstein and Rachel Hollis and I think like just from hearing their stories a lot of the times will prompt journal exercises for me because when they share anecdotes it'll trigger a memory of when I experienced something like that and so as I said earlier I'm an obs- I'm an absorber of information and I think if you're curious about how to start telling your story listen to some women who are doing the storytelling and identify ways that maybe they could inspire you to start your own. I think too, it's so interesting. Like in Rachel's book, Girl, Wash Your Face, like there's a story of like her picking on a girl who had hairy toes and it was like the silliest thing ever. And, but at the same point too, it was so relatable. And I feel like we think that our stories have to have these huge plot twists or these like really high mountaintops and these really low valleys for them to be remarkable. But I honestly think people connect more to this stuff that we're like, oh, that's boring. Like no one would care about that. Right. And you know what I loved most about that story is I was like, thank you for being somebody that actually owned to being a a girl bully. You know, it's like we all want to we're going to say bullying is bad, but no one's going to step forward and say that they were guilty of bullying. And so I appreciated that she did that because it makes, it makes that barrier, you know, so much more welcoming for other people to say like, oh yeah, eh, I haven't been great either. (laughs) Right. I know. I love that. So I want to know, like, if you could give Sarah's three-step guide to living and speaking with more authenticity, what would those steps include? Like, where would you encourage people to start? Because I feel like nowadays, social media is this love-hate thing. People are always complaining about how it makes them feel awful or worse and how hashtag authentic isn't even real anymore. But I think you and I are proof that it is real. So how would you encourage other people to kind of step into their true authentic self, whether it's online or offline? Uh, the first thing I would do is is encourage people to identify something that they've always wanted to do but haven't and really wrestle with why. Because I think that's the first step in kind of like uh, addressing our self-limiting beliefs and fears. So I would challenge you to figure out what something you've always wanted to do and why and then go do it and then talk about how it made you feel. So an example could be 
you've always wanted to try, we'll just use this because this is me. I always wanted to try skiing growing up, but I didn't because I thought people would look at me weird if I only had one pole or because my coat sleeve was bunched all the way up on my arm. And so I never tried skiing. And then when I finally did it, I said, okay, this is going to be really uncomfortable for me and awkward, but I've always wanted to try. So I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and go do it. When I was done skiing that day and I looked up at the hill and I realized what I had accomplished, I had never felt more proud of myself. And I think when you share that pride with the world and your accomplishments, that's authentic. It doesn't need to be, you know, a photo of my squishy tummy. It doesn't need to always be something that's like overly vulnerable, but it's just speaking your truth and it's owning your accomplishments when you feel proud and it's you know, it's talking about maybe when you don't feel proud. I think it's just what's ever true for you in a personal experience. I love that. Do you, I want to know, because for me, it comes really easily. Like I could sit down and like write up a caption of exactly how I'm feeling today without getting super emotional or without challenging myself too much. Does it come easy to you? No. And I think there, it doesn't. It's, It's interesting. I get like struck with days that I'm feeling like, yeah, I I feel like I have something to say and what I could say is going to impact someone. And then I'll go like six days and be like, I got nothing. (laughs) I have like (laughs) nothing to say to anybody, but I think that's okay too. And that's just part of who I am is like, sometimes I'm super extroverted and sometimes I'm really inside myself. So I think it's okay. I love that you have something to say every day. I wish I had something. (laughs) I mean, not every day, but Drew will laugh at me because I'm like, today I'm going to talk about, and it's like something really like hard or weird. And I'm like, I take like two seconds to type it up. And he's like, oh, what the heck? What is the deal? Did you do writing courses in school? Um, yes and no. I just have always been able to like put my feelings into words really easily. But I also have learned so much where I'm like, I can share how I'm feeling without telling everyone everything. And I feel like the perception, especially with people that are, are more authentic or or share some of the hard stuff. The perception is, is that like, we're talking about everything, like our whole lives are online. And that's so not true. You know, it's just pieces of our stories that we're willing to let other people in on. Right. Right. I love that. So let's talk about like women lacking confidence because you and I have both been there (laughs) and we still visit there often, unfortunately. But what do you think is like the number one first step in just owning your confidence or really kind of channeling what your inner dialogue looks like to kind of take away that inner mean girl and to really get that cheerleader a little bit louder in your head? Oh, okay. So something we do at She Lift Retreats is we ask the women to share with the group, if someone were to hear your inner dialogue, what would they be most surprised to hear? And I think it's a really great way or first step to get real with yourself and just to get it off your chest. I mean, it takes a lot of bravery to say, you know, what your inner dialogue is to complete strangers, but it's so empowering to do it. And and once you say 
you know, this is my inner dialogue that I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too tired, I'm not enough, I'm not creative enough, whatever that is, if you get it off your chest and say it to someone, that's the first step in allowing you to own it and overcome it. So I think that's the first thing is like, identify what it is you're really struggling with. I think the key to confidence truly is figuring out what's given you lack of confidence and how to overcome that. I don't think it's necessarily like, okay, do this makeup tutorial and you're going to go out and rock the world, girl. I think it's like we have to do a lot of work in overcoming and unearthing the things that have made us feel inadequate as young adults. Mm -hmm. How do you think like someone walks into a she lift retreat and then how do they leave? Do you have any stories that just really touched you that kind of showed you like, yes, you are on the right path. Yes. You are making a difference. Um, yeah. Okay. So we have this, I mean, all of them, they're all yeah. such great stories and everyone overcomes something different, but in particular, you know, we'll just go with social media because that's <laughs> pretty near and dear to both of us. But like this one girl, uh, Madison, attended. She's 20. She was 21 at the time. We went to this retreat in Moab. Everyone should go watch the video. It's so good. And she had never posted a photo of herself to social media where her hand was showing. She was born with a hand difference. And she's this like bubbly, larger than life, but like the most petite, adorable little human being. And she's just so cute. And she's in a sorority and she has thousands of followers. Okay. And she's never let those thousands of followers know that she has one hand. And so she came to the retreat and that was her goal of like, by the end of this retreat, I want to feel confident enough to post a photo of myself showing my hand because so many people in the world don't even know that that's a truth of mine. And so by the end of the retreat, she did it. And of, of course I was like, Maddie, when you post that photo, like the world is going to go crazy because like you're so amazing and everyone already loves you. And it's this huge truth of yours that no one knows about. And so sure enough, when she posted the photo, she felt, you know, the overwhelming support from everybody that she knew personally and strangers. And from there, it's like she's had no problem owning it now. She feels comfortable not hiding her arm. She feels like she can post a photo without cropping it or positioning herself behind a friend, you know? And I think that's a really tangible measure of what we were able to do in such a short amount of time at one of our retreats. Oh, that makes me like have goosebumps. In Hawaii, we call it chicken skin, but (laughs) that is, oh, that is amazing. And I think too, there are so many people out there, especially people probably listening to the show where there's something about them that they think is unlovable or that they think would totally change everyone's perception. I feel like we're all waiting to be like found out, you know? And I feel like when you can kind of have freedom from that, man, that is where like true inspiration comes from. Like, that is so much more inspiring for other people to see the full version of her and to love that version of her. Was she just like so thrilled? Yeah. I mean, she was in tears just of excitement and pride. And I think you said it best. So many women will, they do describe it as a sense of freedom. You know, their whole lives they've felt 
prisoner to having a difference and they've felt like they've had to hide something. And once they come to SheLift and they meet women that look like them and understand what they've been going through, it's just this huge weight lifted off their shoulders that they can finally be their true authentic selves. That's so cool. So I want to know, like, what are you most excited about? What are you working on? What's firing you up these days? Yeah. Okay. So I'm very excited to be basically expanding what we're doing with SheLift, except for women of all abilities. Because while my SheLift community is is my heart, it's my baby, it's a community that I truly feel like is so special and we're going to preserve that specialness. But there's also women with two arms and two legs who also need the community and the work and the risk-taking that I'm teaching through SheLift. So I'm really excited to be introducing a series of courses that will be coming out in January. They're called A Course on Confidence, and we're helping women, like I said, write their mission statements and overcome those self-limiting beliefs and connect with a, a small group of women that they can leave feeling empowered and connected to, and we'll be doing it in a, a few cities throughout mainly the West Coast for the first for the first series, and then we'll be adding some cities after that. That's so cool. I love it. And I feel like sometimes, too, we start something with one intention or, like, for one audience, and we realize that, like, man, there is a ripple effect that it cannot be ignored. And yeah. so I love that you are stepping into that because you can reach the masses. You already are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so cool to watch you continue to grow and expand. It's insane. Well, my favorite thing is just helping women do something that they never thought they could do. And if that's through SheLift, helping a girl ski because she never thought she could ski with one arm or one leg, or if that's helping a woman pose in her swimsuit for a photo. I just want women to feel like, wow, I never thought I could do that. I came, I met this awesome group of women who inspired me and empowered me. And now I believe that I can do things that I was uncomfortable to do. Oh, that is so cool. Sarah, where can everybody find you, follow you, connect with you? Give us all the places. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Heron, S-A-R-A-H-H-E-R-R-O-N. You can find all my information at sarahheron.com with links to the courses and more information about me. And then if you're interested in SheLift, you can find us at SheLift.com. Dot org. That's S-H-E-L-I-F-T dot org. And on Instagram at SheLiftGrams. Oh, so cool. Thank you so much for coming on this show and sharing your story. And I just loved catching up with you. Oh, I just love Sarah. I think what is so powerful about that conversation is one, just how honest it was, but I feel like we never feel qualified, right? Like we're all waiting for this magic permission grantor to show up in our lives and say, now you can do this thing you've been dreaming of. And when we think about things like authenticity and speaking our truth and standing in that, it all kind of sounds a little wooey, but at the heart of it, it's what we should be innately doing. Like when did this disconnect happen where we forgot what it looked like to be our authentic selves because we're showing up as our highlight real selves and not our real selves? 
And I loved just how Sarah talked through some of the exercises, like listening to other women who are speaking their truths and thinking about stories that they can relate and writing those stories down and getting feedback on our lives and and really thinking about like, what can I share with the world right now, even though I don't feel ready? Because guess what? We're never going to feel ready. And I honestly think that's kind of beautiful. I loved talking with Sarah. I think she is just on to some really incredible things. I love that she has taken a step back from comfort to pursue those bigger passions. I think that is so inspiring and honest. And I really hope you go give her a follow. If you listen to today's show, would you just take a quick screenshot, post it up? I know this episode could help other women just to feel less alone. And at the end of the day, isn't that the ultimate goal? Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.